All right, so we're recording. All right. We are recording. Recording. Yay. Recording. Yay. All right, Aid, let's uh let's fuck this pig, huh? <laughs> oh my god. Slashers, your new favorite podcast about your new favorite horror media. This month is 90s horror, which is why we are doing 90s films. If you, if you can watch the video, you'll see it in my background. And today I have joining me is... Read it. I don't want to read this. No, no, no. You have to read it or I walk. And have a good time recording this episode by yourself, my dear. Oh my god, I have to read this? Read it. Okay, leave a message and the stud will call you back, but there ain't no holla back, girl, because he's bananas, B-A-N-A-N-A-S, and there's no more bush because he's full country. (laughs) You're such an ass. He's everyone's favorite blonde, the self-proclaimed Gwen Stefani of podcasting. Micah from Ben That's Me is joining us today. Hi, everybody. Uh, Mutant goons from beyond. How are you, Adrian? Thank you so much for having me. It is a pleasure to be here again. And yes, there is no more bush because grass does not grow on a busy street. Aid, how have you been? I've been great. I've been great. There's a hurricane coming again. Oh, my God. I love the scorpions. Sure. But my thing is, is that we're recording today on this blank dank ass whatever because i don't know what's gonna happen after today and i have to get this episode out on monday so yeah you may die like there is a good chance that your building will collapse and you'll be eaten by alligators it's like a pancake like the i hate to say that i shouldn't say that i don't want to jinx a, pan- that, a pancake just, that's what happened to the building miami it literally boop, like a pancake it's gonna be your like own a, personal oops. 9-11 that's horrible and i this is not damn that's scary don't say that oh geez i am so sorry uh (laughs) i love that we're so you guys are doing 90s horrors all you guys are doing 90s horror all month right Mm -hmm. that is absolutely fantastic so uh, 90s november yay I really do dig that. So Greg and I at Damn That Scary, we were going to do New Metal November, but that kind of fell flat because we were having such a good time with October. So we are continuing our bear theme, and then we're going to do some fun shit after that. So we're dropping that New Metal thing. Uh, I I, I think that's a lie. Like, I think it's because, like... We're lazy? Yeah, and you don't have a schedule. No, we don't. And you just kind of bleed it into this month. So I think that that's a lie and I don't appreciate you lying to my listeners. Alice Cooper said only women bleed. And I'm pretty sure that's because of the period. But apparently damn that scary bleeds too. Cause we bleed month to month, baby. And we bleed for our fans, but also aid. I got to ask you the, the, the tagline that you have at the beginning of your episodes, your new favorite horror podcast. I feel like slashers has been around for maybe like, five years now probably six years probably nine years probably 69 years okay no the new favorite podcast about your new favorite horror media it's like a quippy little thing that jake came up with so uh-huh he's rolling in his grave he's not dead stop saying oh. that okay <laughs> so 90s horror what is your favorite 90s horror movie 
If you and Greg had a pick. I would go to 1999 House on Haunted Hill. I love that fucking movie so much. Oh my God, I love that movie. I watch it all the time. <laughs> it's it's a great movie. It's a uh, House on Haunted Hill is a comfort movie for me. I love it dearly. A very close second, I would say, one of the ultimate fucking 90s horror movies ever, Demon Knight. Okay. Demon Knight Demon is untouchable. It is phenomenal. It's timeless. You got that opening uh, song with Filter playing with an amazing car chase. You got Billy Zane being man's game as fuck. Mm. I love 90s horror. I'm a, like, obviously I'm an 80s baby because I'm old as fuck, but true i have such a soft spot for the 90s i like the way the 90s movies look i like the font at the opening uh the opening credits of all those 90s movies uh, you take a movie like night of the scarecrow fucking uh head of the family scream all that shit like my god the 90s horror is is so goddamn good and the issue with 90s horror is not a lot of people know a lot of movies from the 90s because bill clinton was in office and we all know that democrat is in office and things are good the economy is good and all that horror isn't really at an all-time high so i feel like a lot of horror movies flew under the radar in the 90s and it wasn't really cool to be a horror fan in the 90s as it is now where even though we have a democrat in office everything is still to shit and horror i feel like is at an all-time high right now but i'm uh i'm getting off track here aid what are we talking about today horror reflects what's happening at the time okay Absolutely. so it's always a commentary of what is happening at the time so at the end of the day I get what you're saying with the whole democratic thing or whatever, but I feel like nineties horror flies under the radar too, is because we left the eighties that was so visceral with their slashers and all of their yep. characters that they created. Then we get into the nineties where, you know, with the nineties, like people weren't looking for horror. And so maybe, no, you know, they the, weren't. The, you know, Freddie, Freddie with, the, you know, Freddie's dead came out. There was a couple of Jason films, but they were not what anybody wanted. And I think we even, no. we, you know, we have the curse of Michael Myers later in 96, which is my fucking favorite movie. And it's the, yeah. the it's All the right. theatrical cut, not the director's cut, the theatrical cut that with all the blood and guts and gore where they fucking impaled Jamie on there is amazing wait wait so that's that's your favorite halloween that's my favorite halloween oh love, that's yeah. so cool i will I, die on a fucking hill defending that movie okay so i finally get to say this out loud aid i bet you wear crotchless panties and bark at the moon <laughs> fuck you <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i i know what you're referring to but we're, this is not a halloween episode so i know no. it's not but i just i can't get over the fact that they had like a howard stern character in that movie well he like the... died wearing like like silk boxers with hearts yes. on them right or something yes, silk, the... <laughs> silk boxers <laughs> i had silk boxers in the 90s because it was considered like kind of high class sexy whatever not the fact that silk made you sweat profusely and it's incredibly unpleasant no it's uh, not breathable i thought it was breathable no well not for my boys they weren't well i don't have boys so i wouldn't know yeah you have an innie i have an outie mm. Mm. so uh back on that that halloween shit the fact that they have like this howard, howard stern character in there and that loomis is like listening to this character it was a berry like bad berry like oh berry 
I do love it when you talk about your small penis. You have never been able to pleasure your wife. How comical is this? Oh my like God. It's, it's fucking Dr. Loomis. What is he doing listening to this? I'm sorry. I could talk about that shit all day. No, I I could too. And this is this will be the last thing I say about it moving on. I think that that is a more realistic transition for a character from a Halloween film than what the fuck happened to Jamie or not Jamie. Jamie Lee Curtis, a.k.a. Laurie Strode. Yeah. And Halloween, Halloween ends where she's just like, oh, my daughter was murdered, but I'm going to go bake pies and show my tits and hang up the decorations on the porch like nothing happened. So that was that was a such stark contrast. Like I could see Dr. Loomis like, all right, fine. I gave up Michael who gives a fuck. I'm just listening to Howard's turn on the radio or <laughs> bad Barry, whatever the fuck his name is and live my best life. It's been so many years, right? Yeah. But no, it was only like four years for Lori. I, whatever. I, you know what? No. And this is what's horrible. And David Gordon Green, you can go suck a fucking dick when I say this, because I'm so mad at you. Literally, he has infiltrated and infected every podcast since that movie has come out because everybody has so much to say about it and no one can shut up about it. Like it's so I sad. I can't <laughs> stop talking about Halloween. And he I cannot. did that on purpose. Oh my God. Like, all right. So on, Damn That's, <laughs> on Damn That's Scary, we, we had a review of Halloween ends. Uh, it took us about a half hour to talk about it. Yeah. And then we recorded another episode, which will come out soon. We ended up talking about it again. Again, and now, and now you and I are talking about it. Like we. Have, oh my God! We have damn to stop you! This. Damn you, David Gordon Green. As, uh, well, as Doug called him, that fucking douchebag can suck a dick. Like I'm done. Oh, he could suck done. all of our dicks, even your dick, Aiden. And I know you hang dong. Oh, real quick on David Dor- Gordon. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Oh my God! Uh, what about David Gordon Green? Tell me. Oh, uh, good old DGG, what his friends like to call him. He is in charge of the new Exorcist trilogy. Don't, don't bring that negativity onto my podcast. I just did, my dear. And uh, William Fredkin, Fredkin, Freakin, Freakin, William Freakin, Freakin, I like to call him because we do a lot of blow down at Club 69, <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. William freaking freaking he shows up with a bag of toot and you know the party's going to be going hard he has fuck all to do with the new exorcist movie it's all green why would he he's on his way out like he's like almost dead are you kidding me and then we have the bladdy is almost dead like okay these 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 people were almost dead when they made them so what do you it doesn't Shelly, matter. Shelly Shelly Duvall over. is almost dead and she's in a horror movie coming up with Ed for a while oh bless her heart because I just saw that picture of Shelley Duvall. She's a husk. And I am, bless her heart. Anyways, moving on. She's a husk. Yes, what are we talking about today? 90s yep. horror. 90s where, horror. Where, where we could say shit like, uh, like eat my shorts <laughs> and cowabunga. Yeah. And well, uh, Oh my God. That's it. That, oh my God. That's hilarious. Because Dan talk to the was... hand because the face don't want to hear it no more. Well, Dan Snuff, you asked me the other day, like, he brought his nunchucks in from karate and he and I was like oh those are nunchucks he's like how do you know what they are and I'm like because I watched Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles thank you very much so I know what the fuck nunchucks are and if you watch (laughs) Blank Man Blank Man another excellent movie from the 90s you know that they are also called new chucks 
Oh, who cares? If a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle is not using them, then I'm not watching that film. Oh, and not just any Ninja Turtle, but the sexiest, Corey Feldman. No, the sexiest is Raphael. No, no, oh, oh, it's just because you like those bad boys, right? I do. You're right. Admit it. That's How why you did like. You know? That's why you like me. I'm a real bad boy. You could tell by the hat I'm wearing. Okay, what are we talking about? <laughs> okay, so for 90s horror, we are talking today about Nightbreed. 1990, at the beginning of the decade, fucking Nightbreed, and which was also a adaptation of one of Clive Barker's short stories, Cabal. Novella. Don't you tell me what things are. You're the I English, am teacher. English teacher. I yeah, know what and you're is. saying short story when be- really it's a novella. Because I am trying to be accessible to everybody. And by saying novella, it sounds like I am a highbrow bitch, which I am. Well, I am, but I am not on this podcast. The reason why you're trying to stay accessible to everybody is because you wear crotchless panties and hell at the moon. No, bark like a dog. <laughs> God, you can't even quote movies, right? Like, what is what? It must be the hat. Anyway, must be. Don't women explain me. I will women explain you all day long. So I like it. You do. Mm-hmm. So I've been wanting to do this movie for a very long time, and now that we've actually made a theme this month on Sasha's podcast with '90s horror, yeah. and instead of going with like the typical '90s horror that we have, because you know when you think of '90s horror. For me, because I'm a late 80s baby. I'm not Micah. I wasn't born in the beginning of the 80s. In the beginning. I grew up in the 90s, but I grew, I, you know, I was born at the end of the 80s. And so I don't remember things as much in the early 90s as I do towards the later 90s. And so when I think of the 90s horror films, the first things that come to mind to me are Scream, Halloween 6, The Faculty, and those are at the tail end of the 90s. But as an adult growing older, people always shit on the 90s for some reason, saying that they're bad with horror. And it could be a political thing. It could be this, that, and the third. But I think that a lot of people don't understand is that the 90s have has so many beautiful gems that we've, you know, if you've never seen them. Like, I had only watched Ticks probably like four or five years ago. Oh, like it's I, great. I hadn't seen it at the time. And it's a good, it's a great fucking movie like there's so many good yeah. 90s horror films oh yeah and so i you know I, w- I really wish that people would stop getting people need to get off their 80s horror pedestal because everybody says that 80s is the pinnacle of horror 80s, I, 80s it is, is the pinnacle of horror as far as and i don't mean to cut you off that's the pinnacle of horror as far as practical effects right but there's still practical effects in the 90s except for like maybe around the time like when you, you get the shift to like 1997 when the movie Relic came out when they started actually using like weird CGI for yeah. the horror movies. When they started and the, and that's the thing is that I think that people shit on the 90s because the 90s introduces us to shitty CGI. Back in the day we didn't really notice it too well, but if you go back and watch Mortal Kombat now, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, Mortal Kombat, Spawn, all those flicks. The Cell, CGI. even the Cell, like the Cell has some really bad CGI, and the Cell is amazing. And you the know, Cell is such a good movie, but it does suffer. Film. It it suffers from that weird CGI. Even you could take something like Lawnmower Man, which is a really good movie, but it has that god awful CGI in it. 
Of course. And this is my thing. And I think that this is what the 90s will be remembered for because, you know, where the 90s was like sort of the intrepid of like trying out new things, right? I mean, if I would speculate on any of this, I think that they would try these things out because one, it saves money. And two, it's like something new that you could you could use Freddy versus Jason, for example, which was early 2000s. And they said that they couldn't replicate the the blood dripping from the ceiling unless they use CGI for one of the scenes where she's following the blood dripping. Yeah. I, I feel like it's just a lazy cop out, in my opinion. I agree. I agree. It's it's lazy. It saves money. It saves time. And um... because we want to churn out these movies as fast as possible, because we know that, you know, horror movies are going to usually be more bang for your buck in, in certain instances, which is why we have Blumhouse and Blumhouse is so successful successful but i'm not even gonna get into that anyways no um so back to talk, i don't want to talk i don't want to talk about blumhouse we're, we're ever, gonna do ever. we're gonna do a special blumhouse episode in december with mikey and austin so oh, that tuned. just sounds terrible. i didn't invite you for a reason because i know that you're a curmudgeoning old man so. oh because the whole time you guys will be like <laughs> oh how about this movie i'll just be like Pfft. and you'll be like hey how about this Which oh is- but we love the which is fine, but we are much younger than you, so this is why we enjoy these Hey, do you guys I'm love sorry. jump scares? There are jump scares and lots of horror films, sir. Lots Anyways, back to Nightbreed. So I've been wanting to do Nightbreed for a very long time. And I feel like Nightbreed is probably the what are they what is the stepchild nobody likes? Like the redheaded stepchild? stepchild. Yeah, the redheaded uh, I, stepchild of horror. That's what I feel like. Do you really feel that way? Because I feel like if you talk to any horror fan now, as old as me, as young as you, they all agree that Nightbreed fucking rules. Maybe not when it first came out, because in these wonderful notes you sent me, Adrian, Nightbreed Nightbreed was considered a flop uh, when it first came out. And it had had a very low rating. Uh, A lot of it had to do with the fact that it was being billed as... A slasher and the slasher genre died with jason takes manhattan halloween five and nightmare on elm street part five those movies kind of killed the slasher genre and to build this movie a year later as a slasher kind of fucks shit up to where the slasher wasn't really like reinvented until scream came out in 1996 so you had six years of fuckery and I, I i feel like a lot a lot of that had to do with the fact that they were just like hey this movie is a slasher when clearly when you watch it it is not a slasher it's a fantasy movie it's yeah it's a horror fantasy there are slasher elements to it they marketed it as a slasher and i think that was to its detriment because mm-hmm. i mean i was alive at this time but i think it was what three so I don't fucking remember what happened. I was already voting. <laughs> Probably. No, you weren't that old. No, I was I was uh, uh, six years old. Okay, so there you go. When you look at this film compared to so many other horror films, this particular one, I think people were going into it, one, expecting a slasher, or two, expecting Hellraiser. And I yes. think they were disappointed on both counts. Yeah, Absolutely. And and the reason I say that is because, one, it's not just a slasher, although I feel like the collector, modern day collector, the collector of our of our time, pulls yeah. a lot from Decker's character, Decker's Absolutely. slasher character from Nightbreed, especially with the mask. Absolutely. 100% the mask. It's literally the same mask, just black. Exactly. Yeah. And so, like, when I saw the collector, I always thought, I'm like, I've seen this image before. So I know I must have saw, 
I must have watched Nightbreed on TV when I was a little kid, much too young. But, you know, my yeah. cousins were babysitting me. So who knows what happened? That's what Puerto the, I've, I've said that for years. That's, that's what Puerto Ricans do. That's what Puerto Ricans do. Like, you know, the 10 year olds are watching the newborns. Like, it doesn't matter. That's my, <laughs> now, my mother has always said the Puerto Ricans have rhythm. That's true. But I am half white. So we have to we have to take that in strides. I've seen you dance. <laughs> your feet Shut don't up. move. Your hips move, but your feet don't. Oh, my God. Shut up. Anyway, Becky, look at her butt. So I think that to the detriment of the film, people were expecting something else. They didn't get it. That's where I'm very heartbroken by because yeah. I think that firstly, let's talk about a little bit of trivia for the film. If you want to talk about something that's going to be very mainstream, the music was by Danny Elfman. I'm not breathing. What? The fact that Danny Elfman is like my idol and incredible and he's in the greatest band of all time, Oingo Boingo? Yeah, and Oingo Boingo song is actually featured into the film. If you want to talk about um, trivia, it's it's playing on the radio, but Oingo Boingo is not. What song is it? Is, I forget which one, but... I'm not, I, I don't listen to Oingo Boingo. Okay, That's a Jake okay. you thing. You'd have to talk to Jake. To Oingo. Oingo Boingo is incredible. I had a chance to go to Coachella to see Danny Elfman headline, and he played like 10 Oingo Boingo songs, and I totally fucked up and didn't go. You didn't go to Coachella. I didn't go to Coachella. Well, that's your problem. Like, I, I mean, if I had the opportunity, I would have gone. A, first off, I'm too old to go to Coachella, and uh, I'm not sure. with it. I'm not hip. I'm not doing the Macarena, but I, goddamn, I love Danny Nobody Elfman. knows what the Macarena is anymore. Yeah, you know. I do because I'm old as well. So, so, you know, at the time of the release, it was a critical failure. We know this, right? Yes, it clearly was. It is now a cult classic. And because I think people watch it now and realize, like, it is a fantastic film. There's really, there's not a lot wrong with it, save for the fact that, and you can tell watching it, even the director's cut, there was a lot cut out of it. There was a lot stripped from this film. A lot oh, of yeah. Clive Barker wanted to be in there. A lot of the gore. They wanted an R rating. They wanted to market it as a slasher. Fox fucking slashed this movie. If we're going to talk about slashers. Slashed this fucking movie into bits. And basically came out with the product that it did. And this is the problem when you talk about big studios like fucking with these films. Because if a big yep. studio were to fuck with Terrifier 2, for example, we would not have the same film. And we know this. Nope. And so I feel like Clive Barker, like, you know, I was reading a bunch of shit today. Clive Barker has had a chip on his shoulder about this for years now. And I get it because I think that he had such a beautiful vision. Because if you think about Midian and you think about all of these characters and you look at each individual monster, we can easily say that they're hideous and gross and scary because they're the other. To me, they're beautiful. Each individual entity is so gorgeous. So... In 1990, again, we talk about why things flew into the radar, but we have so many really good films that I feel like nobody talks about, or maybe people talk about it, but they don't give a shit enough about it, only because I think the 80s gets so much attention. We have all of these 80s documentaries. What is it? The one on Shudder? Um, oh, Into the Darkness. Oh, into Search the darkness. of Darkness, or whatever Yeah, and Search of Whatever. Yeah. You know, 80s horror, obviously, and, and it deserves what it deserves the recognition that it has. However, it for my favorite genre of horror will always remain in the 70s. What is it about the 70s that attracts you so much to it? Like what 
what is it? Is it the giallo? Is late it the 60s, slashers? Late 60s, 70s, the, the slow burn and intentional dread that you feel watching these films. Because like Texas Chainsaw Massacre is definitely in my top 10 list of favorite mm-hmm. movies ever. One of my favorites. It, it's incredible. It, it's it's untouchable. Toby Hooper at his peak right there. But what what about the 70s other than like you said, like the slow burn and stuff. But like, what is it? There is a 70s feel when you watch 70s horror. There is an impending sense of dread that the tone carries. It's a slow burn you know these horrible things are happening as it carries on and i don't really see with the exception of hereditary i have i don't see that outside of the 70s and so people always say that you know the exorcist is such a 70s movie but it really is and when you watch the exorcist you're just watching a 70s movie not thinking much of it and then when the shit starts to happen, it fucking punches you in the gut. And I feel like the 70s is the only era that can encapsulate that because they are not relying on CGI. They're not relying on the gore and the jump scare of the 80s. They have their own special kind of take on it. And that's what I enjoy I about the that. 70s. I, I, I dig that. Okay. But whatever. Back to the 90s. Because yeah. it's 90s month. So. I think that the most powerful thing about Nightbreed, if we're going to talk about Nightbreed, we know that it's based on Cabal, which is the, a novella by Very Clive good. Barker. Okay. A lot of the original elements were cut. Okay. And that's the problem with this film. So there's so many different cuts of this film. And even the, the Shutter release that I just watched had things cut out that I had seen in prior releases. So I don't know what cut I watched and there's really no differentiation or any way to determine what the, what one you're watching. So I'm sorry, everybody fucking yeah. figure it out. Yeah. I, don't Aid, I, Aid, I really like that. You mentioned that because Nightbreed has more cuts than an emo girl in 2002. You have yourself director's cut. You have the cabal cut. You have the special edition. You have the platinum edition. There are so many different editions and specials of Nightbreed. Then you have the theatrical cut, which of course is kind of, but it's yeah. it's still good in its own way. There are a lot of, I, I want to say there may be like 10 different versions of Nightbreed, possibly 20, probably 69 different versions of Nightbreed. Uh-huh. But uh, <laughs> there are so many, <laughs> there is so many different versions <laughs> of Nightbreed. And no, but like you said, the studio came in and the studio was like, ah, ah, we're cutting all that shit because that's around the time like when studios were really starting to crack down on horror. I want to say that the mm-hmm. theatrical cut doesn't have the scene in the hospital where a homeboy puts on the thumb knives and cuts his face off. Mm-mm. I want to say that it cuts a lot of Decker's parts. Where yes. he uh, where he kills the family at I, I want to say uh, at the end of the first act, yeah. which I'm sure we'll, we'll we'll get into that. And it's uh, you know what? Since I brought him up, hey, how about we talk about Decker? When you see David Cronenberg, he is exactly what you think he looks like, right? Yep, his dreidel is maple syrup flavored. <laughs> Shut up. No, I think okay. I love David Cronenberg films. There is no exception. If you don't love David Cronenberg and you don't love his son and you don't love all of their work, 
hand in your fucking horror card and and okay so that's the thing we're here to educate so if you don't know who david cronenberg is one of his best in my opinion my favorite david cronenberg film obviously is the fly right like well maybe not that's, right uh, okay, to that's, you that's the most me, that's the most mainstream most mainstream most accessible it's very short we have jeff goldblum we have gina davis it is short quick to the point in and out you're done in like under i think it's like 80 minutes it's like a short fucking movie adrian you just explained sex at a, a truck stop <laughs> uh, a truck stop bathroom short in and out yeah. bingo bangle whammo flammo my favorite cronenberg is videodrome it would be absolutely love videodrome the story i love james woods i don't care what anybody says about james woods like yeah he's a terrible human being but my god he may be one of my favorite actors if you go to videodrome vampires his story in cat's eye he's great but Back on David Cronenberg, because we were talking about the movies that we absolutely love, Cronenberg is absolutely phenomenal in Nightbreed. He's incredible. Everything to the mask, how he talks, how he looks, his mannerisms, even when he gets down and dirty and starts fighting Aaron Boone, who we'll talk about momentarily played by Craig Schaefer. Cronenberg fucking rules. Why did he not do more parts like this? I feel like Cronenberg's like... His his journey is a bunch of incredible movies. He was Decker, and then you don't see him again until Jason goes to space. Okay, so the whole thing I have with David Cronenberg in this film. So yeah. for those of you who don't know, let's let's rewind a little bit with Nightbreed. We're okay. talking about Nightbreed. Nightbreed is if you've not seen it, it came out in 1990. You can stream it on Shutter. You can also stream it on Tubi for free. They're both, quote, the director's cut, but I don't know what you're watching because I've seen other director's cuts that are much gorier, yeah. much more gory. And 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 then I've seen the one, the two that I, I started watching it on Shudder and then I forgot it was on Shudder because I'm old. And then I started watching it again on Tubi and they both have like very little gore. So I don't, I think if you're going to watch it, get the one on Prime because last time I watched it where Narcisse rips his face off was on Prime. So there's some kind of director's cut on Prime. I don't know what it is, but I watched oh, him rip his fight. Yeah, because I'm like, this is so fucking gory. Why does nobody love this movie? And like every time I watch it now, like I know I didn't imagine this. I know this. And after my research today, I did not imagine it. I'm not a crazy person. No, you are. Well, I am, but that's not the point. These things did happen, okay? And so I just want everyone to know that there is a special cut floating in the abyss somewhere. If you're a fan of Clive Barker, you're thinking of these otherworldly places and these characters and, and these grotesque things that we that normal society would consider grotesque. Clive Barker brings these types of characters and just sort of make transforms them into something beautiful like you know when you have hellraiser and you have all of the cenobites and you have every little Cenobite. facet of them my guess is cenobites <laughs> but it is cenobite I, i'm from erie pennsylvania what can I say? yes we know we can tell yeah. so <laughs> this film follows a troubled young man who is drawn to a mythical place called midian where a variety of friendly monsters are hiding from humanity. I say friendly very loosely because They're one of them sort friendly. of wants no. to eat him. 
No, they are where lo- you're saying friendly looser than Nikki Benz's vagina. <gasps> that was inappropriate. We're circling back to that. Meanwhile, a sadistic serial killer is looking for a patsy, and that is David Cronenberg's Deckard. So he is an entire character in and of himself. So if you want to follow the film, I think it's like two separate movies. You could follow Decker and his journey, and yeah. it could be its own separate film. And then you could follow Boone and what happens to him on his own film. Tying them together, I think, is smart. And this is where, and I'm just going to come up with my my last thing I want to say before we get into more facts about it and just sort of talk about the film itself, is that this is the type of movie that should be an HBO series or should be like you know true blood like we should take this type of thing and make it into a series the reason being is because Midian Midian is an entire universe right it is a whole world and you can't the way that the film splices and dices it and Clyde Barker even said that Fox did this to his movie and they just they cut it up to where they thought that people would want a slasher film and so there's so many holes in the plot that, yep. which is why I've watched it so many times because I've tried to understand and not even realizing it's... that I'm watching different cuts of the film. So sometimes I understand more than I initially did only because I'm watching a different version of it. And so I think that with this film, if you've not seen The Nightbreed, I, I can't stress enough how fucking beautiful this film is. And even with the snippets that we do have, with what little that we have, with what little of Minion that we have, what little of we have of the little cuts to all the different shapeshifters. I'm not calling them monsters. This is not a monster movie. This it is, is a an monster alle- movie. Eh? This is an allegory for to something what? much bigger. What? This is an allegory for marginalized communities. This is an all- allegory to the LGBTQ community. This is an allegory for everyone who feels that they are other. So this is this Midian can be compared to the closet. Midian can be yes. compared to uh, the underground clubs. Yeah. So if you go back to the 80s and early yes. 90s, even late 90s, that the gay community had to go to to enjoy life. Yes. Yeah. No, I completely agree with that. That's that's exactly what it is. And most queer or gay commentators on this will say this is an allegory strictly for LGBTQ because we know that. Clive Barker is a huge, huge aspect of the LGBTQ community. He's Thought you were going to say something else. I have a straight cis male on this episode with me, everyone. So bear oh, with me, Oh, I've please. seen a few up close. Whatever, Aid. No, I, I completely agree with that. That's 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 what this movie is. This is Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2 on steroids. Everybody always wants to say that Nightmare on Elm Street 2 is like the gay, gay gateway for which... Yes, it is. It, it is. I don't want to say that it's not indicative of these things. It is. I'm never going to downplay it. And I want to talk about the scene where Onaka gets ripped out by the police. And this is another thing, too, because when you talk about um, LGBTQ persecution yep. from the police, the police go into Midian, and Midian is, Midian in this case, is as a graveyard and all of these people have created a community beneath the graveyard these people are quote shape shifters and we find that out through rachel's exposition in the film 
right? So yes. if you if you if you if you read the story, I'm sure there's more details to it. I'm I'm very sad that I have not read the story yet. I really need to. I just I'm an Same. English teacher, so I'm always reading other shit because I'm teaching. Like I don't really I, I just don't have time to enjoy my life. So <laughs> having said that, I think that if you go and you dive a little bit deeper into it with the whole LGBTQ aspect, whatever, like Clive Barker really kind of hints at these things. And mm -hmm. people who don't understand it are, are just going to see it at face value. People who understand it will get it. And I think it is with the scene where they kill Onaka, where they pull him out, they rip out his nipple rings, they put him in the ground, he's screaming. That was hard to watch. Is the hardest scene for me yeah. to watch, probably in horror history. One of the hardest horror scenes for me to watch. It's so heartbreaking. But one, too, is that he's reaching for yep. a black man yep. who is, who, is who, yet like, a member of another marginalized community. To be an ally. To be his he's, ally. He's, yeah, that's exactly that scene. Him. It's yeah, he uh mm -hmm. Yeah, that was that was hard because uh yes. I haven't watched Nightbreed in a long time. And watching it again last night, that scene actually kind of, that kind of hit hard. And when he is reaching for, uh, for the, the black cop and then, uh, yeah, he kind of like steps away. And as you said, steps on him, that is, it uh, pushes him away. That's rough. It's indicative of 1990. It's indicative now. Like, I, I, I hate to say this. I just, it's such, it's so ahead of its time. And the fact that nobody appreciates the film is what hurts me the most because I, I think as a horror film, there's so many layers and so much depth to it. And all these beautiful images, all this great gore, like the character where the, all those things come out of his stomach and just wind up over his throat. Like, how amazing is that? Only something that I feel like Clive Barker could imagine, right? Oh, yeah. The Nightbreed to me is just one of, is literally one of my favorite horror films and i've been wanting to do it for years and i want to thank you for coming and doing it with me because nobody ever wants to this has been <laughs> no this is, this is a pleasure uh when you talk about like the different characters and how uh you're talking about like the things coming out of butterball's stomach and wrapping around his neck and like uh like clearly those are penises i just love this i watched this movie like i rewatched this movie last night with my dad and my stepmom and They've never seen this, and they were absolutely blown away, not by the story, not by Decker. Well, they, they did like Decker, not by Craig Schaefer, but the fact that, like, in Midian, it was nonstop. Like, and I know you said it's not a monster movie, it's a shapeshifter, but I'm going to say monster. It was monster after monster after monster. It didn't stop. It didn't stop. It wasn't, it, nothing was recycled. It kept going and going and going. It's almost like you're watching The Labyrinth. It's yeah. almost like you're watching Dark Crystal. This is like a Jim Henson horror movie in a way. Yes, that did remind me very much of Jim Henson. I'm glad that you mentioned yeah. that. And Absolutely. the only reason I don't say that they're monsters is because subjectively, they are not the monsters. And so if we go back to our trivia, I think that if, Fox had the worst- If you saw that shit in person, you would scream. I, I would say yes. Only if I was not- Aid- a, a connoisseur you... of horror, no, because you've subjected me to trauma. 
at this oh, point, I think I can go welcome. down into the depths of Midian and not be offended by something. Okay, first off, you know Midian would smell like shit because there's no indoor plumbing. Second off, if you were walking around a cemetery and you saw a babette roasting in the sun, looking like a grotesque form of Yoda. No, but it was a cute little baby. Are you kidding me? That was... little animal, like, reaching for help. No, I would not. See... And that's where you and I differ, because if I see something suffering, I want to help it. Oh, no, I would too, but not a monster. I don't even kill. I love spiders. I love spiders. Too. I love spiders and people. No, I, I spiders. Spiders live. They, they I do not. I'm I not going to kill spiders. a spider. No. Like, what is wrong with you? They're eating all of the fucking annoying ass bugs. Let them do yeah. their job. It is free pesticide and it's good for the earth. Anyways. Absolutely. I live in a fucking part of the world where there's goddamn black widows everywhere. I don't kill black widows because they kill my least favorite form of insect, the wasp. Okay. They do. So back to the movie. With the, with the whole film, yes, we know it's an allegory for marginalized communities. And you can definitely tell that now. I don't think that it was very prevalent back in the day. but And, and that's what's sad about it, I think, because back in the day... Back in the early 90s, these things were not, you know, you didn't talk about these things. And so we know that we have all of these authors who are talking about, you know, this is a clear allegory for LGBT and queer themes and parallels. But there's other things with this film that they tried to kind of exploit. They made a four issue adaptation comic um, that was released with elements more related to Clive Barker's book that never made it. They did the four books they wanted to do 25 they canceled it before they got to that many that's a lot i feel like a a graphic novel version of this would probably do it more justice than the film that we have and not the film that we have is bad i really love this movie but i think that it was just i think it was chopped up and cut up so much that real quick back on that how it's being chopped up cut up edited and everything like that this is one of those films when you watch you kind of use your own imagination to fill in the cracks because it jumps so much. So you have Aaron Boone, Aaron Boone, who's having dreams of Midian. And uh, we fast forward a little bit to the second, second phase of the movie where it's, he gets, he gets killed. He gets killed by the cops because Decker, Decker of course is a crazy doctor who kind of, you said earlier in the episode, he needs a Patsy. Patsy was Aaron Boone because Decker is of course killing. He feels like he's above he, he is that type of character that feels like he's perfect. He's yeah. a perfect entity, and he's killing all these different people and that are below him. He's trying to I don't purify. mean to, like, cut you off. Yeah. Yes, he's trying to purify, but he's indicative of all of the white cis males. Who... Yes, exactly. Exactly. So, I... Uh, and so this, was, he... this was 1990. This is not 2020. I want everyone to, like, stop and think for a second that we're still dealing with the same issues not just that clive clive barker was ahead of his time and by the way this fucking movie is 30 years old yeah exactly clive barker was always ahead of his time aaron boone he gets killed by the cops it's uh and that's in a way too poetic in a way right that was that was poetic so the cops gunned him down simply because the therapist said he had a gun on him and that's another issue too so police violence which is very prevalent in this movie it is it doesn't stop there. When they go to attack Midian, I feel like I'm watching the fucking news from the insurrection. Like, ridiculous. This was in 1990, and we literally have echoes of things that are happening now. I feel like when you watch the movie, if you don't get it, 
that it's it's a play on modern day society yes in 1990 you may look at it you may look at it as almost like a witch trial type thing this is this is back to like salem you have the uh it's almost like watching the crucible on steroids well the studios were upset because clive even clive they had told clive barker verbatim that they were worried because the monsters look like the the good guys and he tells them that's the point yeah and i think that that was not what they wanted right because because they're the other and if you look behind me if you're watching the video with the exception of decker who looks like collector but everybody else the collector looks like decker yes the collector looks like decker yeah with the exception of everybody else these monsters quote are a part of the night breed they they're all following an entity and the problem is too now if you want to dig a little bit deeper while they're all shapeshifters they're still under the boot of an of a deity that is mm-hmm. telling them how to behave baphomet. and that's another thing and baphomet is is supposedly giving them these rules to keep them safe which i appreciate because the minute they're not safe what happens all of these January 6th insurrectionists come and destroy Midian and try and murder everybody, children included. And it's like, it's insane. It's fucking insane. The ending is insane. And this is why I feel like this should not have been a feature like film. This should be a A series. series. Now speaking, now you keep, this is the second time that you mentioned this should be a series. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to, uh, let's say, like, I want to say maybe 10 years ago, there were talks of a Nightbreed series supposed to be uh, 2014. Made... Yeah. 2014? Oh, Jesus. And okay. I was still so, eight, young eight and years beautiful. Ago, you are still young and beautiful. So, let's go back to 2014, where uh, Aid thinks she was at her peak, but I'd say it's right now. They were talking about a Nightbreed series. And then uh, I want to say even five years ago, when uh, streaming services were kind of like peaking right there, they were t- like Stranger Things was coming out and stuff. They were again talking about another Nightbreed series. And then that fell through again. Mm-hmm. Of course, right now, HBO Max has greenlit a, a Hellraiser series which Clive Barker is going to be backing. I feel like if this series is successful, I feel like maybe in the next couple of years, we could finally get that Nightbreed series. But unfortunately, we probably won't have Doug Bradley on it. We probably won't have Craig Schaefer on it. With that, it's okay. I don't think that these characters need to be helmed with the same people. And I love that you say that because there was a um, two-part graphic novel that was entitled Hellraiser versus Nightbreed. And so if you're going to, it merges the the world, you know, with the Cenobites and all of the people from Nightbreed. Clive Barker, I think, is just so, I revere, I revere this man because these types of characters. I love, I love Clive Barker. I, I love, I love his books. I love his movies. He dreams of these most beautiful and i say and i say they're beautiful and i know beauty is is subjective but if you look at nightbreed you look at these gorgeous monsters that they came up with i just can't even like some of them are just so like just i I, like these ethereal beings that they come up with even doug bradley's character where the eyeballs are in the slits of his face like who thinks of these things right except for clive barker and i just i 
think that we need this. Like we need this Cenobite. Like we need, and and this is what pisses me off about the new Hellraiser reboot is that I don't think it. I don't think it pulled the new generation into our world. No, no, it 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 felt it felt the the message was it was flat. It really fell flat. You mentioned Doug Bradley's character. You want to talk about Dirk? Let's talk about let's talk about Dirk for a second. So what was it? Wait, Dirk, he played uh, Lylesburg. He played Lyles something. Yeah. Uh. So Dirk. But that Dirk, wasn't his voice. Exactly. So real real quick now, Doug Bradley's character in Nightbreed. Now, a I took years trying to figure out who exactly Doug Bradley was in Nightbreed. I'm like, is he the guy that cuts his face off in the hospital? No, it's not. That's clearly not Doug Bradley. Is it the red guy who's kind of like Darth Maul? No, that's not Doug Bradley. It turns out Doug Bradley is the fucking like sweet old man with the slices on his face who plays like the uh kind of like that uh that third party between Baphomet and everyone else. He's the leader. Uh, he's, he's he's their leader. He is. But it's the fact that Doug Bradley is playing this character but you have it, it's almost like a Darth Vader situation where you have this incredible actor with an incredible voice but they pick somebody else to play the voice for the character. He was not happy about that. I was really... No. Okay. <laughs> I know he wasn't happy about that, but Doug Bradley, and I've stated it before on your show and on my show, Doug Bradley should just thank his lucky stars that he is what he is, and he got to where he was, and just be happy that he was in this fucking movie. But it, it's so hard to, like, when you're watching this and all the creatures, you're like, who the fuck is Doug Bradley? Because he doesn't look like him. He doesn't look anything. You couldn't tell? I could tell. God, no. The only way you can give it away is because of the slices on his face. That's the most, like, Hellraiser element, is that clearly those slices on his face are he, self-inflicted. He has the same nose and everything. Like, when I, I looked I, at him, I go, oh, because I never realized, because I've seen the movie several that's, times. And that's like looking at a baby and being like, I'm oh, like, he has his father's nose. No, that's not true. He doesn't look fuck all like Doug. And Bradley. you can tell when kids look like their parents, even when they're babies. You can tell. Okay, yes, we. Didn't, I know you hate Doug Bradley, but that's I don't hate him. You hate him. You I hate him. You I hate him. I don't. I don't hate Doug Bradley. You hate him. I don't hate him. I'm just saying. So many other people in horror in the '80s should have gotten. They they should have been more than what they were, but somehow Doug Bradley became this big thing. Why can't... No, and this is my thing. I feel like you're not entrusting Clive Barker and his vision. You are the Fox Studios that fucked this movie not. up. You are the Fox Studios that fucked this movie up. And now you're over here telling people that Clive Barker or Doug Bradley can't be a thing. No, no, no. No. No, 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 no. Do not you take do not... your hat, you take your little fuzzy hat off and you think about what you just said. Right no, now. no. First yes. off, okay, I know you're just saying this because yeah, I'm 39. Yeah, I'm white. Yeah, I'm cis. Yeah, I'm male. But guess what? I do like Doug Bradley. But I'm just saying is Sorry, Doug, Bradley, Doug Bradley. <laughs> I've seen a few up close. Doug Bradley. <laughs> Doug Bradley is the luckiest 
fuck in all of fucking horror. He is so goddamn lucky. He doesn't have fuck all on Kane Hodder. He doesn't have fuck all on Robert England. He doesn't have fuck all on Bob Mosley. Oh, Bill Bilbo, Bill Mosley. Bill Mosley, who are Look you? What you done to me. Look what who you done to you? me. No, I am, I'm so fired up right now. I fucked up my, I have Bill Mosley tattooed on me. Jesus fuck. Uh, you should, you should be ashamed of yourself. I am, anyway. I am, I am livid. All I'm saying is, is that Doug Bradley is just lucky. He should be happy with what he has and not, and not complain. Uh, he's rich. Oh, he's who cares? He's... Who cares if he's complaining? He's an old fucking man. Let him complain. Anyway, I'm an old man. Let me complain. And you're complaining right now. So there you go. There's the. Power. I have a lot of grievances. Anyways, back to the I'm chef. S- sorry, I'm not a Cronenberg. Sorry, I'm not Canadian. The Nightbreed has also elicited many uh, pop culture icons, such as two video games. Yeah. A couple of what video games? Graphic novels. Did you, hey, did you play those video games? No, it was on a DOS. They're fucking terrible. They are the worst. Of course they're terrible. Fucking like games. The fucking Oregon Trail. Oh like, my you... God. No, they are worse Although, than honestly, Oregon Trail. I would still play the Oregon Trail. If you, did you say, the Oregon did, Trail wait, wait, right wait, wait, now, wait, say, say oh. it again. Say it again. Say what? The Oregon Trail. Oregon. Okay, okay. Oregon, because I'm Oregon. a normal person and you're oh, where fuck the you. fuck you're from. No, 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 no. I say Oregon. You say Oregon? I say Oregon. They say, some people say Oregon. Yeah, that's what you say. No, I don't. I just said I just act like you're cool. Can we, okay, but can we talk about Craig Schaefer for a second, please? All right, so let's talk about Craig Schaefer because the whole time I was watching this at the end, Dan kept saying it was Josh Brolin. So people, I would see that. He does look like Josh Brolin. He's like an Andrew Dice Clay, but okay. He looks like Josh Brolin. He's got the, 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 he he does, he does. And I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> so I met I met Craig Schaefer five years ago oh, at a convention. Oh, here and, we go. And he's here like, no, 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 no. Okay. No, yeah. Craig Craig Schaefer is very fucking cool, very down to earth. He's a he, he understands that like his big break was Nightbreed and that he got to kind of work with Clive Barker again in that Hellraiser film. Craig Schaefer's cool as shit. I I love his acting. I love his character. I love Aaron Boone. Aaron Boone is awesome. But that goes to the thing about the kind of like the the plot behind the movie. Is Aaron Boone a closet homosexual? Well, that's what they were talking about. There's a lot of like tension between him and the doctor. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of speculation on that. I Okay, so let's rewind a little bit. But... With Boone's character, I just think that he's really frustrated. Obviously, he's sexually frustrated. It's an allegory for him for being sexually frustrated, but he shouldn't be because he has a girlfriend. And even his girlfriend, Lori, says later, I loved him, but I never really knew him. So she could have been a beard. And and that is totally fine. I'm not. She loves him. He, He clearly loves her. And he can be gay or whatever. It, it doesn't matter. I, I think if you love someone, you love someone. Yep. Aid has every genital known to man. No, and I'm not saying that to be like a powerful whatever. I mean, I, I'm, I've always been attracted to men and that's that's me. But I think that... You've never you been know, attracted to a woman? I have. And that's the thing is like, I don't think... I, I think it's very fluid. I don't think... I think that you love the person. And as David 
David Rose always says, I'm into the label. Or no, I'm into the wine and not the label. You love who you love. Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. And I think that's really prevalent in this film. So let's talk about Anne, Anne Bobby's character for a minute. Because I was texting Micah the other day and I'm like, the biggest thing I hate about this movie, hers is shitty lip syncing, right? Oh, come on. No, here I am doing my research today. And that bitch sang this line. Like, she fucking sang this song. Yep. He didn't, you didn't even tell me. You didn't even tell me I was wrong. You didn't even say anything about it. You were just being a shit. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, she sang that. She's saying that. Like, I, yeah, I thought, yeah. oh, she was wrong. And she sang it live. Like, oh my fucking God. Like, I was so. <laughs> I literally was yelling and I was, this is my, during my planning period. And one of my kids came through Mr. Smith's room is like, are you okay? I go, no, I'm not okay. <laughs> like, go away. I don't know why I assumed that she was lip syncing. I don't know why I assumed that because Jesus Christ. I mean, it just doesn't feel like that came out of her. But I sent you that video earlier. Did you see the video? I had so much more respect when I figured out that that was her. I was like, oh my God. Oh, she was awesome. And and so that was my only gripe with the film was that she and her friend Cheryl were, that she meets at the bar. She's and Cheryl I love. Like Cheryl's me. That's me at the bar. I love making friends with other women, talking shit. Like I I love that. You remind her, me Yeah, you are literally every country bumpkin woman <laughs> I've ever seen at a bar who comes up to you and goes, Hey, howdy y'all. I bet you ain't shooting whiskey. Uh, you are you are my Shania Twain. Like, uh, absolutely. Shania that is, Twain is Canadian, by the way. That is just like David Dewey Cronenberg. It's uh, 100% to a T. That is you, uh, a country bumpkin Canadian woman, straight out of Letterkenny, doing, doing shots at a bar, picking up other girls. No, I just think that it was so sweet. Like they bonded. Like that was very sweet, right? The the, the, the no, this the scene in the bathroom where uh, what's her nuts is crying, yeah. And Cheryl Cheryl comes up, which by the way, scene. She is such a Cheryl, by the way. And she says, she even says, she's like, you're either crying over money or over a man, and that's and it's always true. You're crying over money or over a man, and that's true. Because, you know, money, it's always a thing and men are a pain in the ass. So what are you supposed to do, right? Like, Whoa, whoa, whoa. The only time we're a pain in the ass is when we recommend anal. But other than that, I think we're cool as fuck. My God. But yeah, madam. But mm. yeah, that, that scene is great. I do like that. I was actually, when I rewatched it, a part of me was like, is Cheryl going to bust out a bag of blow? No, but she's just chill. This is her, like, this is her weekend, right? Yeah, so she's hanging out at the bar, and this is what pisses me off. It's like we have to violently kill her. Ugh. We violently kill her. We violently mm-hmm. kill a bunch of the the Midian dwellers. Mm-hmm. Like this is what pisses me off, and this is why I say it's like the insurrection because these people are literally literally celebrating going down to Midian and murdering all of these these shapeshifters, and they are shaped. And and we find out later in the film that. These are all people that have existed and coexisted for since the beginning of time. And regular people have sought out the other and slaughtered it. And we see this. We see this. A bunch of Dick Cheney's. Yes. I mean, Mitch McConnell is throwing up all over this. It's rolling in the grave, just like Jake. 
And we can't say Dick Cheney because he has lesbian daughter. So whatever. He doesn't like them. You deal with all of these things and you would think that this would just be a 90s problem. Yeah. And you look here and we are in year, what, what year is this? 2022. Took you a second. Shut up. It is the same fucking shit today. As I, I, I would like to quote Snake Plissken, the more things change, the more they stay the same. And it, and it's sad. It's sad because I think that when you watch this movie, it breaks my heart when you see what happens to Midian. I, I cry. I cry. I get very emotional. And and so we'll get to the end of the episode at this point. I prefer this film over Hellraiser. Why? And the, and the reason I do is because I feel like we have these gruesome, quote, gruesome images, right, in this movie, but they're just this movie is so like you just you root for these people whereas in hellraiser i feel like we're meant to hate the cenobites i don't hate them i don't i don't hate i don't i don't hate the cenobites the cenobites are there yeah but uh, i'm a weirdo i feel like most people would think that the cenobites are the other or the monster or... no a you are a weirdo you wear crotchless panties and uh bark like, I a, bark dog. like a dog so bark like a dog. yeah no so it's we're hell at the moon whatever but <laughs> you're such uh, an asshole i hate you <laughs> <laughs> you don't hate me it is uh, there are some parallels with that that the cenobites are maybe misunderstood just like the creatures from midian i prefer hellraiser to nightbreed a lot of it has to do with the story. I think Hellraiser is a better story. I like the mythology more than I do Nightbreed. And I think a- another reason is, is how choppy Nightbreed is. Cho- Nightbreed is very choppy, regardless of what version you watch. And I know it has a lot to do with Fox, to where you kind of have to use, and I said earlier in the episode, you have to use your imagination to fill in the blanks as to what happens because it feels like there's almost time jumps. It's But it's the same thing, though, with Hellraiser, though, right? Because where really. do the Cenobites come? Why are they? Well, we that's, have... that's okay, exactly. What what are the Cenobites? Where do they come from? Where are they going? Are they actually from hell? Are they from another dimension? Yeah, you kind of have to fill in the blanks, too, but it's not choppy. It's not choppy, and it's just sad because I feel like I feel like Nightbreak got the shaft, and it's sad. It did. It certainly did. And one of the reasons why it got the shaft, too, is if you go back to when it came out, Aid, what are the movies that came out at the oh, time this came oh out? Oh, my God. Like, let's go through the list. Because let's go is, through the fucking list of fucking movies. fucking list. All right. Okay, okay. So now, of course, of course, no, Aid, real quick. Now, I said the slasher died in 89, but horror did not. Because you have a lot of fucking gems that came out in 1990. So, go ahead. Thank you for introducing that for me, Micah, because I can do it myself. Anyways. Well, um, you are a woman. I know. I, I love being I love being introduced by all the males in the podcast. Thank you. Okay, well it was it was it was a hype. In February. In February of nineteen ninety, we only had spontaneous combustion, Rockula. Rockula, which we talked about earlier, that sure. I, I I have it. We, I, I honestly, now I want to go watch it and see how shitty it is. I imagine it's Dracula that just I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to mail it to you and you tell me what you think. All right. I know. We like five bucks. I think it's worth it. Shadow uh, Zone, The Haunting of Morella, The Sleeping Car, 
Dark Room and Puppet Master Part 2. That movie fucking rules. So, the rest of the year. Let's look at the rest of fucking 1990 because I think it's important to see that the 90s has a fucking amazing plethora of horror bullshit. We have Jacob's Ladder. Fuck yeah! We have Misery. Fuck yeah! It. Fuck yeah! And you don't have to keep doing that. But we also have Arachnophobia. Fuck yeah! Night of Living Dead remake. Fuck yeah! That movie fucks! Frankenhooker. Fuck yeah! Frank Henenlotter in this his house! Micah's favorite. Okay, we've got Child's Play 2. Fuck yeah, we saw the warehouse! <laughs> we yes. saw the warehouse aid! We did! Long Beach, oh my god! We saw the warehouse! That was so fun, oh my god. Oh, I, so, oh, 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 oh. I wish we could have parked, but there was nowhere to park. It was so sad. Oh I'm man, like, if we could have just broken into that we place. Fuck yeah! Okay. Good guys, warehouse, suck this I dick! I know, how sad was that? Okay. I know, I know. That was really sad. Honestly, let's go back and we'll go sit through that. Yeah, and then we'll go to Bar Sinister. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Child's Play 2, Tales from the Dark Side, Gremlins 2, Jake's favorite, The New Batch, Tremors, Basket Case 2. Fuck yeah, Frank had a lotter again for the win. Graveyard Shift, Leatherface, Texas Massacre Part 3. The Exorcist Part 3. Fuck Troll, yeah! Brains of yeah. the Witches, Howling Part yeah. 5, Fuck and Amityville. Fuck yeah. Fucking so, everything you said fucking rules. But why didn't you mention Demon Wind? It, it didn't pop up on Google. Demon Wind? What the fuck Demon, is Demon Wind? <laughs> this is my what? serious face. You don't know Demon Wind? Demon Knight is what he was trying to say, but his child. Demon Wind is exactly what I was trying no. to say. Demon no. Wind. Demon, Demon Wind. Wind. Demon Wind. No, that's a fact. Demon Wind. Demon Wind came out in 1990. Okay, thank you. I was, you don't I know was Demon a, Wind. I was, a, I was a toddler in 1990. How am I supposed to remember things? Adrian Santiago, we're going to have a very long talk when we get off air about Demon Wind. And you know what? Demon Wind is phenomenal. You could watch to, to the listeners to the mutant goons. You could watch Demon Wind on Tubi, but chances are you already watched Demon Wind. Demon Wind, nineteen ninety. And for those of you who haven't seen, that was Micah's twenty-five uh, year old phone that he just pulled up to the screen. Okay. Yes, I know. I'm due for an upgrade. Yes, I know. I need a new laptop. Yes. I know that Jinkos aren't in style anymore. Okay, thank you, Aid. Real quick, can we please talk about Aaron Boone again for a second? I absolutely sure. love. I love Craig Schaefer's Craig Schaefer's aesthetic in this movie. He's got himself the most badass look: white t-shirt, leather fucking motorcycle jacket. The guy is a goddamn mechanic. He's, He's dressed a- like Jason Patrick from The Lost Boys. Let's uh-huh. all just agree okay. that yes. that is his look. 
that was literally what I was gonna end it with, but you Thanks. you had to fucking woman explain this to me with your vagina. Okay, no, no. Uh, I'll shut up now. You re-say it again. No, no, no. You know what? Hey, it's over. You ruined no, the it is clit. Over. I this do. Is clit, this, this is, is a clitatorship. Yes, I know. I'm from Damn That Scary. I'm not a part of Slashers. Mm. Uh, but but also he has. If I that, was like, on your show, I just said, "Here, listen to you. Be drunk for two hours." You're probably four hours because Greg and I hang out for a while. And also you have to do it late at night, which I know you can't do because your grandma, you heat up your milk, you eat your prunes. I'm going to bed in a half an hour. Good night. Uh, Goodbye and good die. But uh, (laughs) no, he has that. Craig Schaefer has that like sweet Mel Gibson hair, that Kurt Russell hair. He's got the Andrew Dice Clay thing going on. He's so fucking cool. He is he is so goddamn cool in this movie. And I know that look isn't really like popular anymore, but to me, that still resonates as cool. Uh, and like, yeah, of course, yeah. Craig Schaefer, uh, uh, Aaron Boone, definitely in the closet in the movie, which I, I mean, whatever. It kind of turns it into like that fucking Okay, Alpich. but you can't say he's in the closet. Because he's in the closet. Until he, he comes no, out. He, he when loves he, her. He does, but he wants to go shopping with her. Uh, and that's why at the end of the movie, when she goes through now, now you talked about it, how like Midian is destroyed and it's, it's let's, let's fast forward to the end of the movie where the survivors of Midian are subjected to living in a goddamn barn and they're waiting for Cabal, who is Aaron Boone's character turned yeah. into their, their new leader because Doug Bradley's dead as fuck homeboy that cuts his face off is dead as fuck, but they have a part where it's it's Aaron Boone and his girlfriend. Oh my God, Aid, what is her name? I've been drinking. Lori. Lori Strode shows up and is just like, hey. So they have that part at the end of the movie where they're holding hands and she's like, I went through hell to find you, to get to you. And he's like, ah, sorry, I got some things I got to do. And she's all like, ah, what the fuck? Uh, and like, and no, like causes like, no, 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 whoa, she, whoa, whoa, no. whoa, whoa. No, no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, okay, go ahead, go no, ahead, go no, no. ahead. Fuck go ahead. him. Go ahead. Fuck him because she yeah. went out of her way for him. Cause she don't want he doesn't want that puss anymore. But he's like being nice about it because he's like, yo, I'm nightbreed now. And you take that word breed. Oh, breed. so he's being nice about it. So that makes it okay. That oh no, it, okay it does she's no. talking to no fuck you. No. It doesn't make it okay. Guy. No, no. Okay, no, no, no. You, from your point of view and my point of view, she's being really fucking dramatic where she stabs herself to death. And he's like, Because he's she like, loves it. Yeah, but then he's just like, Oh, God, all my dog is fucking cock. So he's like, Oh, fuck. <laughs> he's just like, Oh, fuck. I just, I guess I better buy her. And num, 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 num. And then she comes back to life and he's just like, Fuck, great. I'm stuck with this shit. Uh, when I could be getting all that Darth Maul dick, the guy that uh, 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 Polybatobe, whatever the fuck his name is, he's that bit him. Dead. He's dead oh, as shit. He's dead forever. Way, Go fuck himself. Was not. Whoever what? played the guy with the things in his hair, he was hot. Sure. Okay. Yeah. He was totally like, hot. Hey, what's uh, up, hey, yeah. I don't uh, <laughs> Yeah. But no, because he's just like, he, he's all like, hey, thanks a lot for coming to bust me out of prison from the Canadian police where I was only fed maple syrup. Uh, but then like, you know, yeah. like she's, she's like, Oh God, I saved you. I went through all this shit. I think that Boone is straight. I think that Boone suffers from. Boone, I don't think Boone is, Boone is now cabal. 
I wear his Mikey no, on this. It's not even that he's straight. I don't think that he's straight. I don't think that he's okay. Maybe Boone's straight. I know. I, 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 I don't think that Boone is anything. I think that he exists and he is an entity. Like he is a fluid. So it doesn't matter. Like would you say he's pan? I guess so. Is that what that is? I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, so but he, he no, he just wants to fuck everything. He wants to no, all, it's the not whole, he's all fucking the anything. Of the rainbow. Yeah. He even want to fuck Lori. He's fluid. He loves her. I think that they try to keep the storyline to appeal to the masses because it is a love story, right? At the end of the sure. day, it's a love story. So everybody's like, oh my God. Well, well they can be together. Be together because she killed herself. No. Okay, whatever. So regular Juliet over here. So Lori goes. So for those of you who have not seen the movie, Lori goes back to Midian. She she knows that Boone's body is missing, and she's she's like, all right, I'm gonna go here. And at Midian, we know is a graveyard. Let's go find my boyfriend who mysteriously disappeared out of the morgue. Blah blah blah. She knows she's going crazy. She meets Cheryl. Cheryl ends up getting murdered. Blah blah. She blah. gets Cheryl murdered. She gets Cheryl murdered because yeah. you know what? Cheryl was a good time, and that would have been my best friend. Anyways, that's having Cheryl's said you. all of that, she is me. Mm-hmm. I love Cheryl. Take us home, babe. Neither here nor there. My biggest shock from all of this was me thinking that Boone's girlfriend Lori, aka Ann Bobby, was lip syncing that fucking song she sang at the bar in the beginning of the movie. This is your big takeaway from the movie. This is it. This out of the, the out of out of out of every everything about Nightbreed, every fucking everything. every fucking subplot, everything from Decker, everything from Boo being a patsy, everything, everything. the homosexual <laughs> undertones, the the fucking gore, the makeup, Danny fucking Elfman. All you're like is turns out she wasn't lip singing. That was her. That was her singing. This is this is Aid saying her apologies on mm. a slasher's podcast episode because mm. I thought that Ann Bobby was lip syncing to this movie. And I was like, the worst part about this movie is her lip singing. No, she did it all herself. I appreciate you, Ann Bobby. And Anne, did you watch the thing I sent you earlier today? Nope. <laughs> she is amazing. What did you send me it on? On your email. That's your problem. Because you're a thousand. No, you're a thousand years old and check your email. So go look at your email. No. Anyways. Aid, aid, you should have sent it to me on uh, the the Instagram. So the Nightbreed 1990. Aid, aid, Nightbreed 1990. You got yourself a fucking awesome story. You got yourself amazing special effects. You got yourself... Craig Schaefer, you got Doug Bradley, you got a whole slew of amazing characters, you got David Cronenberg being awesome as shit with an incredible fucking mask, you got yourself smoke tittery, you got yourself piss off Canadian cops, you got a slew of gore, I give this movie 5 out of 5, incredibly rewatchable, watch every fucking version of it, you love it, right there, it's got that damn, that scary Silva Povel clap, 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 boom there you go, 5 out of 5, Eight. how about you? So I recommend this film simply because I think that if you watch it, you empathize with the, if you, if you don't empathize with the monsters, then you're the problem. Then you're the monster. 
if you empathize with people who are invading their place, then you are basically a part of the insurrection. You're so part of the problem. You deal with this entire film and you look at it at face value. At the 90s, nobody knew that things were going on. Now it is such an allegory for the time. It was an allegory for the time back then. Clive Barker really set a standard for this film. And I'm not saying that I like it better than Hellraiser. I just prefer to watch it more than Hellraiser because this film, I feel better when I watch it. I like it. I love the characters. And I really hope that at some point in the near future, before I'm dead, that they fucking make this into a goddamn series. So, Micah. Yeah. Where can they listen to Greg and your nonsense? You could check us out. We are damn that's scary if you want to google us google us but guess what we're on spotify we're on google we're on all that fucking shit you can check us out on instagram at damn that scary pod you can email us at damn that scary pod you can check us out on that there twitter at damn that scary pod probably look at us up on facebook but you know what i don't give a fuck about facebook check us out on everything else you can listen to damn that scary pod wherever podcasts are you know streaming exactly what aid said at the end of the day don't forget to support us at patreon.com slash slashers pod don't forget slashers pod.redbubble.com for t-shirts hats panties um oven mitts i don't give a fuck i don't care there's you guys are just you guys are giving that shit away like hotcakes i tell you what you know what we don't make any money off of it we just want you to have it so please just go on there and have a good time Aid, I absolutely had a blast. Thank you so much for having me. I love Nightbreed. I, I obviously like I adore you. I love Slashers. This was great. Thank you so much for having me back again. I know I'm not a part of Slashers, but I, I feel like I'm I'm welcome and that makes me very happy. Thank you. Well, you're not family, so that's that. I'm not? You are family. Oh, I think I'm not family. <laughs> I said you are now family. I am now. I I thought you said I am not family. I was like, I'm going to start crying. God help me. Okay. Uh, God bless us, Having everyone. said that. Yeah. Keep it spooky. I'm sorry that this episode was an absolute mess. Goodbye and good day. Good day. Yay. We said it together.